When's the last time you purchased a song off iTunes for your personal listening pleasure, not for DJing? A better question, when you want to listen to new music, where do you go? For most of you listening to this, the answer to the first question is, I can't remember. And the answer to the second question is Spotify. Spotify has had a huge impact on the industry, on labels and on artists. It's been a source of great joy for many consumers and artists and stirred controversy among others. Whatever your opinion is on Spotify as a platform, you can't deny how useful it is as an artist. You simply can't ignore it. So why am I talking about Spotify? Because on today's episode, we have Austin Kramer. Kramer has nearly a decade of broadcast experience. Uh, during his time at Sirius XM, he brought their EDM channels to the forefront and was responsible for breaking a ton of new music, uh, which is something he still does today, of course. He now works at Spotify as the global head of electronic music, where he spends a lot of his time curating a bunch of playlists, including Electro Now, which has over 3 million followers. In this interview, we talk about a ton of stuff, including why Spotify is great for the industry, uh, for artists, and how artists can make the most out of using Spotify, how labels will need to adapt to the changing industry, what goes into maintaining and creating a great playlist, the rise of house music, and some advice for people wanting to get into the industry as an artist or a non-artist. Now, one thing before we start the interview, Austin wants to hear your music. Head over to bit.ly slash Kramify. That is bit.ly slash Kramify, K-R-A-M-I-F-Y, and submit your released or unreleased track for consideration on Spotify's dance and electronic playlists. Austin listens to all submissions, and it'll only take you a few minutes. That's all for now. Enjoy the interview. This episode is brought to you by EDM Foundations. EDM Foundations is my course for new producers, those who've been producing for under 12 months or even those who've just started. The whole idea of the EDM Foundations course is that you learn the fundamentals of music production by actually doing and not just learning the theoretical stuff. The course consists of over 12 hours worth of streamable video where I walk you through the creation of three songs and give you advice and tips for working on your own original alongside them. We've had over 500 people sign up for this course. Many of them have had great results. If you want to learn more about the course, head over to edmfoundations.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the EDM podcast. Today, I'm with Austin Kramer. Austin, how's it going? Super. Great. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm so excited to have you on. You know, normally we have producers on, artists, but uh, you are... You were quite an influential person in the EDM industry, and I want to get to that. According to your bio, you're known for letting music lead the discussion, shedding light on artist personality, empowering new artists, social branding, and breaking new music. And I want to try and get to all of that in this interview. But to start with, for those who aren't aware of you, uh, give us a bit of background. What do you currently do, and, and how did you get there? Currently, I am a head of electronic and dance music at Spotify. And how did I get here? I was at SiriusXM Satellite Radio in North America for eight years prior. Uh, and then before that, I did some terrestrial radio in Colorado. 
and uh, went to school in Denver prior to that. Right. So what did you do at, at Sirius XM? I programmed Electric Area and Tiesto's Club Life Radio, and uh, I was music director or assistant programmer on BPM, the mainstream dance channel. And uh, we, I was also a host and had a new music show and uh, kind of managed the channels as well. Gotcha. I'm, I'm super curious. What made you switch to Spotify then? What made you join Spotify? I saw it as the future. And it's kind of ironic because that's what got me at satellite radio was terrestrial radio was just a bore compared. And uh, I was really excited to be at XM. Right. Yeah, I think there was a, a talk or maybe you were on a panel and you said uh, radio is of the past. It's not relevant. Can you explain that? Because cause I agree with you, um, but I know some people might find that controversial. Yeah, no, that was more so a question about specifically dance music, not music in general. And I'm not sure about New Zealand, but in America, it's quite a few country and pop and talk channels and news. So what I was getting at is there's a lack of pure dance channels in this country. Mm. And there's ways to seek an audience outside of typical radio, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, it makes complete sense. Radio and, and Spotify and streaming in general go hand in hand. There's room for all of these mediums to live harmoniously. So there's room for everything. I'm sure you listen to more than one medium. I'm sure you listen yeah. to radio or YouTube or Spotify, you know, whatever. So, Of course. Great answer. Uh, so I want to kind of not switch gears completely, but talk about playlists because I think that you know, with Spotify, it's all about playlists. And uh, if you as an artist can get on some of these playlists, it it's great, uh, great exposure. But I think a lot of people don't understand the degree of work or the amount of hard work that goes into creating and maintaining a great playlist like you do. So so what what's the answer to that? What goes into creating and maintaining a great playlist or curation? After... I get submissions, um, I go through them all, and I try and find a space for them all. And that's my promise to anyone who's any label or manager or artist or uh, promoter who's been sending tracks to me personally. What I do then is, is go through them and make sure, A, that we have a spot for it, and culturally, we're not missing anything. In other words, if there's an influx of a new sound or style of electronic music and I'm not and I don't have a playlist to represent that then I know I'm not doing my job right and at that point I make room for it or I make sure that Spotify is representing this subgenre that's emerged so after the tracks are in the audience decides whether or not it stays or goes we know whether or not you like the song or not and then we can make decisions based on that without bothering you. So Spotify is great for the consumer. I personally think it's great for the artist too, but a lot of people don't. Um, and I know you've, you've probably come across this, but in the industry at the moment, especially in the electronic dance music industry, there are people complaining about the, uh, the lack of income from Spotify streams. The way I look at it, like it's, it's the future 
adapt or or die basically. Um, but what response would you give to those people who are kind of uh, concerned or maybe anxious about where the industry is heading, um, knowing that they probably do have to tour? Uh, what's your answer to that? I would just list off facts in which you know we've Spotify's paid five billion over revenue to rights holders. I would just say that we have a massive audience, and if you're not on Spotify, then you're missing a 60-market musical platform. A lot of really passionate uh, users, you know, people that love music. I think that's what this whole thing is about. Totally. Uh, following on from that, then, if there are any, what are some underutilized opportunities for artists to grow with Spotify? If someone's asking for um, help with streaming or help with them as an artist and what they can do, I would simply just point them my, to my Twitter and say, here, here is a form where I promise I'll listen to your music. And there's more opportunity now to get your music heard to a massive audience than there was in 1970. I'll say that. <laughs> Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even like 2000, even like 2013, 2014, it's like the doors are open. You can upload your music online. You can go to any one of these aggregators. There's like four or five awesome ones. And you pay a simple fee. So like 10 bucks and you upload your track. And it now has the ability to reach, I mean, your the potential of it reaching a million plus people is like unfathomable mm. two years ago mm-hmm. wouldn't you say i mean you're a musician oh totally totally i think uh yeah i think there's more opportunity than ever i think what a lot of people get hung up on is that they they perceive it to be more saturated than ever which i mean could be true but but i also think it's uh when an industry gets saturated, it means a lot of in a lot of cases it becomes generic, and so there's a lot of opportunity to rise above uh, and be creative. That's my take on it, anyway. So yeah. totally agree. A shorter version would would be saying that there are less gatekeepers yes. than there were years ago. Oh yes, yes, definitely. Uh, actually, a, a question following on from that. You know, you've been around electronic music and, and artists for quite a while now. What what do you see has changed over the past decade or so in the industry? What are some good aspects of that change and what are some not so good aspects, if there are any? Of dance music? Yeah, just the industry as a whole um, or, or the part you have been in at least. Yeah, yeah. Um well, it goes hand in hand with what we're talking about. It's it's definitely a shift from people turning a dial and wanting their song to be there. And then now it's your song has a greater chance of being on someone's phone when they open it up when they're in the subway in the morning. Like, I, I think that's one massive thing that we, we shouldn't overlook if we compare uh, where where we came from and where it is now. Like you could go to a club on the weekend and you can add it to your Spotify playlist on Monday and, and have it right there. So I think it's just the portability of music and people who book clubs, music directors of festivals, they didn't care about streaming 
two years ago or more. They cared about sales, iTunes sales and beat port numbers. And now people are actually looking at streams. Like if you take something out of your playlist, I know your personal playlist. And, <laughs> and if you save something, I also know that. And that's, that's pretty freaking cool. Have you seen any trends, like interesting trends uh, from, from the internal data from Spotify over the past you know, year or so? Well, as we both know, I mean, the Chainsmokers and DJ Snake have done and Martin Garrix are all in the pop realm now. Mm -hmm. And I think all of those artists have or are on today's top hits. So there's massive crossover for the pop leaning stuff. I think there's more ability for it to actually pop uh, crossover to pop. Um, I also see that if there ever was a chance for it to happen, it's now. House music can actually win. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I listen to some of the releases that are coming out nowadays, and I kind of think this sounds like it could have come from um, the late 90s, just with much better production quality. You know, and I right. find that pretty cool. Um, yeah. So do you see the industry changing much in, in say the next five to 10 years? Uh, do you think it's just going to be a natural progression from the streaming? Do you think that's going to become more and more popular or do you see something on the horizon that is is quite big in terms of change i guess i'll say i i think the virtual reality has a way mm. I, I think they have an angle at least into the music video realm i think there's an there's an opportunity there and it could be really cool for for dance music i think there will be more and more people gravitating towards uh, streaming on their mobile device. Like, mm. do you drive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I use Spotify in the car. That's all I use. I download it because in New Zealand, the, our data plans are so expensive. Uh -huh. um, but I don't use anything else. Yeah. Definitely going to see more like 5G and, and mm. massive data plans be cheaper. And um, with that comes just a multitude of new types of media inside of your mobile device and god that sounds corny but it's no no i, I totally get what you're saying <laughs> it's exciting <laughs> I, i'm not sure what though yet does that make sense yeah yeah it's hard to predict this stuff but uh very cool um do you see or are you seeing maybe you're seeing this now a shift in how uh, record labels operate because i remember thinking about this a few years ago when digital download sales were just starting to drop and i was thinking there's no way i'm ever going to start a label as a business it seems so unsustainable how can labels improve their odds of survival uh during this time of, of significant change uh the the culture shifting to that mobile device i think making sure making a priority of your artists and your content uh making it available asap like I always try and uh, coach artists and managers by saying that like it's in their best interest if the record is put out everywhere and it's available in all stores or outlets for dance music. I think it needs to be there ASAP. Like, and if you're if you're not doing that, then you're potentially doing a disservice to the content and the producer. 
like if I go to a rave or a festival and I hear a song and can't find it on my phone, a lot of kids do it during the festival, which is like crazy. I don't know how they do that when it's all like sweaty, muddy mess. <laughs> I hear stories about it all the time where they weren't able to find the track online. And I mean, you test records at clubs, and mm. but I think there's that's different from when you're at a festival. When you're at a festival, it's more of a mainstream atmosphere, and it's more of like a all-in-one performance of like who you are as an artist at that time. And I think if you don't, if your label is not putting your record on Spotify before your set or the same day release, I see that more and more happening. I think it's smart because yeah, that is the time to have it available so someone can have that real visceral reaction and you can provide it for them at that time if you're the label because you know you, you made it available and you you met the needs of of the audience and i think that's what we're here to do you know we're here to make sure that the audience has what they what they want what they need at that time so i yeah i guess that's my main piece of advice is making sure that you're not like pigeonholing it and make sure that it's out there. I love that because, and I've seen multiple times labels who would, you know, hold on to a track and kind of tease it as an ID for months on end. And then when it was released, it just didn't do that well because people had had lost interest or, you know, they got fed up. Um, Yeah. Totally agree with that. All right. One last question. Uh, because we have a lot of, of artists listening to this, what three pieces of advice would you give to those wanting to build a career in the music industry as an artist or as a non-artist? If you're going to school to be in production or business of music, I, it's so wise to take the summer in between semesters or the winter breaks to take advantage of the system you put yourself into and intern like pick stuff that you care about and go intern and go actually be there in person learn it firsthand i guess my main piece of advice would be actually go do it go play out wherever you can clubs whatever whatever internships you can you can do i mean that's and that's all i can really offer i don't know any other areas because i loved xm when it launched because i was in the midwest or the rocky mountains and it was really helpful to have satellite radio because you'd be going in between towns and lose the signal of fm radio all the time and dude like mp3 players remember what those were like (laughs) in 2004 like it was stupid so (laughs) i i loved what xm stood for so i just wouldn't leave them alone and you know i just i scored an internship and then a job there so i wouldn't be here talking to you with if it wasn't for that internship wow well i think that's fantastic advice uh everybody should follow that all right austin thanks heaps for coming on the show it's been uh, an absolute pleasure thank you i should get a plug in here for my uh yeah yeah go ahead (laughs) well not for me but for your new record and then for you using the the form that we spoke about oh yes yeah so how do people do that so just go to my twitter it's kramer bpm or my instagram and facebook it's all the same kramer bpm and then just uh click the link it'll take you to a google form and then i will see the record there what's your next release 
My next release. Oh man, I have no clue. <laughs> come, come on. Oh man. Maybe maybe January. Okay. Submit it and I will see it. <laughs> <laughs>